Welcome to Across the Line. This episode, Chris and I talk a lot about 2019 and the state of Philippine football all throughout this calendar year. We talk about the Asian Cup, the World Cup qualifiers, the domestic leagues, uh, the retirement of one of the most prominent individuals in all of Philippine football and everything in between. If you like this episode and if you like the football content that we provide, please do subscribe to Across the Line on YouTube, Spotify, and on Apple Podcasts. Welcome to another edition of Across the Line, Jing Hamlang with Chris Greatwich. As always, thank you for joining us for another episode. Uh, today, we will be talking about 2019 as a whole. It's been a very eventful year in Philippine football, and we thought we'd sit down and discuss about all the things that transpired from the Asian Cup all the way over to the upcoming SEA Games, which is just around the corner. Uh, plenty to talk about, Chris. Uh, it's been an exciting year, and we thought... Better time, um, no better time than right now to just go through everything. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even before we, we started the episode, we were talking off mic and so many things have gone on this year. Mm. It, it's nice to sort of maybe compile it, review it, see sure. what went on. And um, yeah, just go, go over some of the things because we had so much go on this year. I mean, obviously, like you said, we'll start right at the top. I mean, Asian Cup. Wow. Um, you know, incredible experience for... Um, for the Philippine national team and, and incredible to think how far we've come in such a short period of time and, and to find ourselves there at the pinnacle of, of Asian football. Um, yeah, I mean, it was it was such an incredible tournament to be a part of. It was a shame maybe that we didn't perhaps get the results that we were, were aiming for. Um, but nonetheless, an incredible um, you know, experience for the players and the staff to, to be part of, of such a wonderful competition. South Korea... Uh, we played against China. We played against Kyrgyzstan. Yeah. Obviously did not get a point. We scored one goal at the last game. Yeah. But what a performance against South Korea. I think that was the highlight of the tournament for a lot of people was seeing us go up against these this powerhouse of a team in Asia. I've uh, been in the Asian Cup uh, multiple times in the World Cup on a regular basis. And they only managed the solitary goal against yes. us. I mean, obviously, we had been prepping for that game you know, watching video, we, we you know, did a fairly comprehensive, you know, analysis of them as an opponent. And obviously Son Heung-min wasn't going to be playing. We right. sort of realised yeah. that, that I, I forget the, the game that Tottenham had, but they had a really big game on that. I think it was the Manchester United game they played on that weekend. So we knew that he was not going to be playing in mm. that, um, in that particular game, which obviously changed the dynamic a little bit of the, of the build-up um, to, to, to our first game. Um, but, I mean, even from the moment we arrived there, like the, you could feel that something was brewing. You know, that it was, you know, the magnitude of the competition. The we said a wonderful hotel, the training field, and the brand new stadium that we were playing in. Like it all sort of came together to create this atmosphere of, okay, we're we're going up against one of the tournament favourites for sure. Yeah. Um, we are either going to capitulate under the pressure. Or we can stand up and be counted for. And I think that's what we did. We did the latter. Um, obviously, we had a very diligent defensive display. Um, we realised we were going to be up against an opponent who was technically very competent, um, you know, play a great brand of football. And, and if we were going to try to fight with them toe-to-toe, it would have been very difficult to, to sustain that for, for you know 90-plus minutes. So I think in terms of the game plan, we set up, obviously, we put Shrocky at right back and we played 5-4-1. Um, 
and and basically the game plan was to try and hit them on the counter but right. and it worked a treat i mean we actually arguably had the better of the chances came uh, really close I mean, I mean do you remember the patino one yeah do you remember that so you know and, and he was really disappointed because he's normally the type of guy you know one chance yeah he's in you know that's all he needs um so it was disappointing that we weren't able to capitalize on on the one or two chances that we created that was very dangerous from the counter-attack um but it gave us the platform to, to build from, I think. Um, we gained a lot of plaudits from people across the globe. Obviously, people were standing up and taking notice, mm -hmm. um, which was great because I think probably going into the tournament, we were, we were potentially seen as the whipping boys of, of that group. And For sure. It, you know, a lot of people were probably think, looking at that game thinking, right, here's a game where we can get maybe some uh, additional goals, you know, yeah. bolt to the goal difference, that kind of thing. And, and we weren't there to make up the numbers. I definitely felt as though we could go in there and, and make a splash. And I think that, Although we lost the first game, it definitely made people stand up and take notice and think, okay, well, the Philippines aren't just here to make up the numbers. They're, yeah. they're, they're genuinely here to play. Which I think was a real surprise, not just for people from outside of the Philippines, but from you know football fans here within the country had no idea what to expect in terms of that uptick of, a, of, of level. I mean, we've gone up against some decent teams. Yeah. You know, we, we qualified against Tajikistan. We played against North Korea, who played in the World Cup before. But we'd never yeah. really rubbed shoulders with South Korea. No. Never. And then to get that 1-0 was obviously a huge boost. And I think it really boosted the profile of the players mm. as well, of that, of that team. I mean, they all ended up in Thailand, Malaysia, yep. a lot of these players. Um, you know, uh, Alvaro Silva was a huge player in that tournament. And he, he's obviously booked a, a, a much more lucrative career mm. uh, to, to end his uh, playing career in thailand and wherever he's ended up yeah he's had good con contracts on the back of that so yeah, i think it's yeah it's fantastic that they raised the profile one thing that stood out to me however all throughout this asian cup was how much attention it was getting here in the philippines yeah. which i thought was a, a little lacking yeah. would you say uh, would i don't know i mean I, I i was there yeah you know so the attention on the spotlight was I mean, we were definitely under the microscope. I could definitely feel it. You know, sure. there's, there's media everywhere, you know, in the hotel, articles being published. Obviously, we're quite a unique, I think we're quite a unique team, you know. Obviously, right. Yeah, I, mean, I think and there's with an art Sven as well, yeah, attracting so yeah, a lot of yeah, attention. So yeah, so we've got, you know, obviously a very high profile coach. Yeah, who's this team? It's the Philippines. Why have we got such, you know, like mm. European sounding names? You know, Stefan Schrock doesn't sound the most archetypal Philippine yeah. name, for example. And again, and he's probably one you would say, I've seen that name before. You know, if, if mm. for people on the sort of, who haven't really been paying attention to the Philippine um, football scene, I think it definitely put us under the microscope, uh, under the microscope in the broader sense. Yeah. But I, yeah, I wasn't really too aware of how publicized things were back here. I mean, we were sort of aware of the fact that in recent years there had been a decline. Mm -hmm. But but judging by what you're saying there, it it, it it was a little underwhelming. It was, yeah, for me anyway, uh, because this was essentially our World Cup. Right. Yeah. I mean, we we'd never made it to a major tournament like this before, yeah. and to have it uh, garner some attention, but not the kind of frenzy that you mm. would associate with Philippine football immediately after a Suzuki Cup. Let's say um, we didn't get that, and yeah. um, I suppose that's been sort of the trend over the yeah. last couple of years. Why, why do you think that was? You know, that, that's an interesting question. I think that's something that we need to, to discuss at length and unpack as a whole because I think there's a many different factors that yeah. led up to that. And I think you and Anton spoke a little bit about sort of the declining of the passion uh, specifically for club football that wasn't 
uh, translated into something more long term. Mm. Um, it's one of those things where you gotta capture, you know, that that lightning in a bottle. Yeah. And I think it escaped. It was in in that bottle for a little while. Yeah. You know what I mean? 2010, 2011. You could say 2012. It was still maybe there. And then 2013, they opened the cap for some reason and it, it, it fizzled out yeah. for the next few years after that. I mean, obviously, when you look at 2010 as a, as a sort of watershed moment, you, you, you're, once you, like you said you captured the lightning, yeah. opened the cap, you let it out. That's quite a good analogy, I think. Um, you're hoping for, okay, what's the next thing that we could do that could perhaps reignite yeah. that passion? And really qualifying for this. That would be it. Should be it. Yeah. Should have been it. Should have been it. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I, I definitely, certainly within my community, my network, mm -hmm. I felt that there was an affinity towards that competition. Sure. Um, you know, kids were tuning in, you know, the academy kids that I work with, people within my, my sort of close circle of friends, etc. They were They were all really tuned in. People flew out to watch the games. Even if, you know, if, even if you look back to the China game, I mean, packed. Mm. packed with Filipino fans. I mean, the atmosphere was incredibly vibrant. Um, obviously, there are people who are based in the Middle East and right. kind of came came and, and watched the game. But yeah, it's disappointing. It's disappointing that you, you, you kind of bring that up. And, you know, if, if a tournament like this isn't going to, you know, ignite that kind of passion, then we need to kind of look, really, really look in depth as, as to why there is a disconnect between the team as it is now and, and and the Philippine football fans. I mean, I, I've seen a lot of, in, in recent weeks on, on message boards and etc. you know, there definitely seems to be this upsurge of how many homegrown players are we producing? How many right. players, you know, the, the sort of Filipinos versus the Phil foreigners, right. the half-bloods and, and whatnot. And I think that's starting to rear its head a little bit, which is not a real narrative that I... Obviously, for me, I'm not comfortable talking about because mm. I think I was part of that initial wave. So to, for it to be kind of seen as though this is actually, although it was part of the upsurge, it is now part of the of the sort of the downward spiral as well in terms of the interest from the fans. Um, I hope that isn't the real reason, but definitely that narrative is being pushed a lot within the Philippine football world. I feel that that I felt that yeah. I definitely did, um, and. I think it's both unfair and at the same time something that is uh, a legitimate thing yeah. to 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 bring up, right? I mean, um, I think it's more of a relatability 100%. type situation. That's exactly what I think it is, right? I mean, you look over at somebody who who looks somewhat different from you know the, your regular friend that you see at school, yeah. for example, yeah. uh, speaks a little bit differently. Yeah. Um, perhaps you don't see him sing the national anthem. Yeah. He's not comfortable singing it. Yeah. Um, Did you see the the image of Italy singing their national anthem the other day? No. So there's the book. There's the, the the ball boys are in front and they're blasting it out and there's a kid with his hands over his ears like this. They're singing it <laughs> they're so singing loudly. It too I wouldn't sing the national anthem. Like I know most of it. Yeah. But again, I just not comfortable singing mm. it maybe that's my own i should i should have learned it better or, sure. or or should at least make an effort i know some people do and but i think to hone in on that alone seems like a strange strange thing to sort of sing, single out and then i know bob obviously wrote his article that received a lot of backlash right. which was actually during the competition shocky made that very public 
Um, was it about the national anthem? Yeah, I, I didn't get a chance to yeah, read that. It was, yeah. yeah. So basically, he made a, made a big deal out of that, and and, and you know, Shocky as captain just came in and went, that that ain't happening. Like, right. don't don't start don't start giving it that. Um, which was great. I loved that because it, it definitely created that sort of okay. Well, we appreciate the captain kind of stand that standing up for us. He has the platform to speak. You know, he's yeah. in the position to speak, so he spoke up, which I think was good. I think we were sort of nitpicking at the at the, at the wrong thing at the wrong time. Sure, you know, which and you talk about having media exposure. For me, that was the wrong the yeah. wrong angle to, to take. But I think the we, 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 if that is the issue, and I talked about this on the show before, if the issue is there aren't enough, there isn't a good enough representation, right, of the Armani Aguinaldo's, the Joven Bedic type players, because there are players like that out there who mm. I think have got the ability to, to, to break into the national. We talk about Jaisal Soriano on, on the show last yeah, week with, yeah. with, in Joven's interview. But they need to be given the platform. Sure. They need to be given the opportunity. They need to be afforded the same opportunities as those who are brought up abroad and which always comes back to what are we doing at the grassroots level? Mm. You know, what are we doing to help these kids out? So is it the fault of you know, the, 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 the coaches and staff or the management who are currently in place I don't think so. They have to pick the best players at the end of the day. And if the best players happen to be born and raised in US, UK, Germany, Australia, whatever, those those guys have to play. Yeah. Irrespective of, of you know, if they have the lineage, if they have the passport, mm-hmm. and if they have the passion and enthusiasm to want to play, let them play. Yeah. Simple, right? But the bigger issue for me is why are we not producing players here? Yeah. Why are we not producing that players That is a legitimate here? question. That's the real, for me, that yeah. is the real one. And maybe that is where a lot of the um, discontent perhaps is, 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 is like an uprising from the football community because I don't really think the issue actually is the fact that there, there are mestizos that are playing on, yeah. on the team. I don't really think that deep down. I think it's more, well, why is it my kid afforded the same opportunities as this half, you know, um, half Filipino, half British or half Filipino, half German kid? Yeah. You know, look at Alphonse Ariola. He's full-blooded Filipino. Yeah. Right? Yeah. He's full-blooded. Both his parents are Filipino. Yeah. But because he grew up in France and was afforded certain luxuries, he is now playing in the biggest football club in the world. Yep. And developed over there. And so developed there. It's not a problem. It's not, it's not <laughs> yeah. a blood thing. Yeah. It's definitely not a blood thing. Yeah. Right? He, he, has, he had the innate qualities and it was just tarnished in the environment that it was produced for him. I think it's like, yeah, there's a discontent and it's understandable that there is a discontent. I understand because it. there's something awry but you just you're directing it i feel for the majority of the people at the wrong thing it's picking out these individual players who uh you know you target your ire at you know somebody like kevin ingresso who doesn't i don't know i don't know why you you choose somebody like him but because he looks a little different he's an easy target yeah for sure but the thing is these players don't lack a a sense of commitment to the team no I mean, you Look see how he plays. Exactly. Yeah. And you listen to podcasts like Stefan Schrock's podcast, mm. you know, Neil Etheridge's, um, a host of these players, you know, Simone Rota, who's full-blooded Filipino, <laughs> yeah. who uh, grew up in Italy. All of these guys look at the Philippines as some sort of um, uh, platform for them to uplift themselves and, yeah. to, and to grow Absolutely. as people. And it's not... You know, they're not coming here as an easy way out yeah. from wherever they are, yeah. which a lot of people seem to put them in that box, yeah. which is strange, right? So I think you're right. You know, it's it's unfairly targeting these individuals who, for no fault of their own, are part of this team yeah. and are competing at the highest level. And, you know, we don't have a homegrown player 
who stepped on the floor um, or, or on the pitch yeah. uh, at the Asian Cup. Is that their fault that they're better than some of these homegrown players? I mean, it's not, right? Yeah. And if you're going to give the benefit of the doubt to the coaching staff that they're picking the best players, which I know you guys are, then what is there to complain about other than the fact that we're not producing level, yeah. uh, the, the quality of players required for this level? Yeah, I mean, here's, here's what I was, I had this conversation with another with a player the other day and I said, you know, as a business model though, mm. as a business model, it's an incredible business model. What is? The fact that we are going to produce really high-level players mm. to play for our national team with little or no outgoings because the cost of a grassroots development program is a lot. Right, It's a lot of money you have to put out. Mm. So when you think we have to spend a lot of money on fields, we're going to spend a lot of money on coaches, coaching development. We're going to have to spend money on sending these kids away to camps and to tournaments, which, I mean, they do a little bit, but it's regional staff. And mm. most of the time, the kids get annihilated, right? Right, Even at regional level. Sure. Right. So we can spend a little bit on that, knowing full well that we are still going to get these players coming in. All right, we have to pay for their flights, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. But that's the cost. And it's minimal when you think about it from a business perspective right it's actually an incredible business model if someone came and looked at this as a business model yeah they were like he's a genius yeah he's a genius they spend no money on grassroots or limited money on grassroots yeah and yet they produce players at the high end of the national team who are performing at a very good level that's the that's the thing that nobody that nobody is really looking at from that angle you know what i mean how can you blame these people for applying this model if when you look at it in that perspective, it's it's a net positive by a large amount for them. You know, they're producing these. They're, all you have to do is search these individuals out. And you know what? They don't search. They don't search. They come to you. They come to us. Look at that. Look at that. Right. They come to us. Right. Right. I mean, do a little bit of digging. Players are coming up from all over the place, mate. That's unbelievable. All over the place. I mean, if you look at China, how much money do they spend on their football program? And you draw nil-nil with the Philippines? Exactly. So from a business perspective, it makes total sense. Now, for me, and this is the angle that I'm coming from, so mm -hmm. I'm looking at this from a much higher perspective, like a, definitely like a, a bird's eye view. Mm. I look at it from a completely different angle to okay. everyone else. If we were to get some government funding or wealthy individual who's willing to invest in grassroots, mm -hmm. what's the population of the Philippines? 100 million? 100 million, right, let's say 100 million, round number, right? There are so many kids who are out there who have never been exposed to football, mm -hmm. right? Never been exposed to the game. If it was part of a school curriculum or if it was part of a government initiative or if it was part of a regional initiative, even to say in the big cities, major cities, for example, and you went in and you went and said, right, we are bona fide. And I'm not talking about where it's a checklist where you just go, oh, we reached a thousand kids or yeah. we reached 10,000 kids. Like, we've seen it. No, it's not the same two or 300 kids came 10 times, right? So it doesn't, doesn't count. You, right. didn't, you didn't reach that amount of kids. You just reached the same kids over and over again mm -hmm. for a short period of time. So if you went in and you said, right, we're going we're gonna to get a million kids trying to get them to play football. So we have them working within the parameters of, let's say, four years old to early 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 development to seven or eight just to give them give them a ball give them a, a very basic curriculum nothing too grandiose just get them playing get them playing get them playing yes it's going to take time 
Yeah. But I guarantee you, you're going to find tens of thousands of kids that will end up choosing football as their primary sport. Sure. Then just by the numbers, if you look at it now, we're still producing Joven uh, Bedek and Amani Aguinaldo, uh, Emilio Calidon, Yeah. with very little, very little money, very, it's, it's, it's just basically that, you know, Again, with the amount of popular, just by the numbers, you're going to produce someone. Some standouts. You're going to, you're going to produce them just yeah. by the sheer number that you have in the country. But if you actually, even with some very basic, basic initiatives, you're going to find more people. Sure. Who are who have the capabilities to at least play at the national team level. I'm not even talking about you could potentially go abroad or, or play wherever. I mean, yeah. look, it's there. The evidence is there. You know, look at Rotter's the prime example. Alphonse Ariona, prime example. Um, Modal, who's now in the under-22 squad, full Filipino, yeah. right? Adopted and brought to Scandinavia. D- did incredibly well there. Now he's with the national team. So it's just about harnessing that. And I think just by the numbers, you're going to create these opportunities opportunities for these kids and if you are then going to have them come through the network then they're going to be able to compete right then they they are going to be able to compete the question there still is though i mean right at the beginning of that uh, whole idea is there needs to be that one benefactor that guy who's going to fund this project right which but the philippines isn't short of money sure that's true right there's a there's plenty of wealthy individuals out there yeah right plenty they need to be turned on to the benefit of, the of benefit. doing this, yeah. right? And this is where I, I would argue that there is a huge benefit to, to doing something like this, actually. Because huge. the approach business-wise, as you mentioned, is perfect. It's great. I mean, it's not perfect, but it's great. You are really sourcing good. out a lot of highly talented players who you never, you didn't have a finger, you didn't have to lift a no. finger to, to develop them, right? Whatever country, wherever they came from, what program they came from, that's where they got their skills from. You bring them over to the national team, you expose them, you have them play in these big tournaments, it works. But China versus Philippines, Banad, how many people came out? How many people were supporting China in that match? So then you start to see that this approach is not building the passion that you thought would be associated with getting results. Right? So it's not just about the results anymore. It's not just about the level of quality that you're, you're playing in. I mean, Panad was packed to the rafters. They needed to stop people from coming in for a game against Mongolia in an irrelevant match in a small, small, small tournament. But they came. They wanted to see. They felt an affinity to the club, uh, to the team. Yeah. So there's a reason for them to come out. And if you're, if you're going to continue along this path, you're going to start performing well, playing good, Playing at a high level, but nobody's going to care. What would you rather, right? Uh, uh, what would, honest to God, right? Yeah. What would you rather? Would you rather we have super high performing team, yeah, right? Which at the moment I think they're, they're performing really, really well. Mm-hmm. The fact that they're competing with some top, top Asian nations, I think, is great. Mm-hmm. Whether we qualify, we'll talk a little bit about World Cup qualification later. But the fact that we're we're, we're punching at that weight, yeah, I think is, is an amazing achievement in of and in itself. But would you prefer, like, let's say, for example, you, said you either have that, no fans, probably limited sponsorship coming in, limited TV exposure, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. Or would you rather have a team with more relatable individuals, packed out stadium, um, sponsors on television, mm-hmm. general feel-good factor surrounding the team? Which option would you take? The way I look at it is like looking at Indonesia 
right? Indonesia, passion, hundred mm. percent. Uh, affinity to the to the team, hundred mm. percent. Everybody's at eighty thousand people will come out yeah. watch a game, but they don't get the results, mm. right? They've lost all their qualifying yeah. matches at up to date, right? That's unfortunate for them. Some of, some of their passion is a little bit misguided as well, sure, right? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. right? Yeah. So what I'm seeing is we did the opposite of that, right? Instead of focusing so much on just you know harboring the passion and and the national uh, identity, it's it's more of let's get the results and. We're, we're seeing um, the discrepancy in those two approaches. What I would like to see, honestly, is that we're utilizing what we have right now. I mean, to be practical, this is where we are right now. There's yeah. no need to scrap the entire approach because yeah. obviously there is some benefit yeah. to it, right? It's just that w- the next generation, are we really going to rely on some strangers that we have not yet met that we're going to rely that they're going to pop up at some point in Norway in Denmark or yeah. something like this, yeah. right? Or can we have 16, 17 year olds who are already in and around that program, getting themselves involved mm-hmm. and exposed? I'm saying two, three minutes of playing time, but you're part of the training camp and you're being exposed to Stefan Schrock on a regular mm. basis. You're getting hammered by Martin Stoibler when mm. you're running down the wing. This is what I would like to see. Mm. And, and individuals who are um, being honed at a high level, getting exposure in the PFL. You know, there's a lot of players who increase their level of play uh, exponentially, I would say, by playing in the PFL on a regular basis. Yeah. Um, nobody saw it, of course, right? It's not on TV, mm-hmm. right? Nobody's live streaming a one-cam match. But I would argue Fitch Arboleda, Nathan Alquiroz, wow, like how much better did they get playing week in, week out yeah. against top-level opposition, right? Um so you just need to have more of these individuals who, for example, Tuloy Foundation. I was watching them last Sunday. 13-year-olds. They were playing against each other, Tuloy versus Tuloy, in the, in the, in the finals. Where did you see that? Where, where um, Emperador Stadium, Sevens Football League. They're oh, playing okay. yeah, 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 up, yeah. up against one another. They, Tell- le- they, they left. So they, they don't normally leave the, the compound. You know that. Oh, is that right? Yeah, yeah. So they were there, right? Unbelievable, right? The level of play of these 13 year olds who for sure are too small to be 13. You know what I mean? Like their, their nutrition was not there yep. from an early uh, early stage, but the, the quality of the passing, the cross field passes, picking out, you know, one touch, two touch, it's fantastic to mm. watch, right? Very good. Um, underprivileged kids mm-hmm. who are in a proper program, have their own pitch, train all the time mm-hmm. with proper coaching yep. and look at what they can do. Yeah. The level, the kind, the style of play as well is very impressive. Yeah, and it's suited to the Filipino as well. Right, right. So it's not impossible. It's not impossible. It's right? not impossible. And I think, like with them, with a little bit, like as using them as an example, like just maybe with a little bit of funding, or maybe a little bit more sort of willingness or or help, maybe just just to get them out a bit more. Because mm. we we play them all the time, our right. academy, and they're probably one of the few teams that can give us a good game. Right. So we, we, we will go to their place. They don't come to us, but we'll go to them. Yeah. And it's a great atmosphere. Have you, have you been up there? Have you been no. up to their foundation? No. So they, they have all the kids out on the on the terraces. They'll watch the game. So you can basically, you, you can almost roll out of your dorm and see the that, game. That's so awesome. It creates a great atmosphere. And um, they're producing kids. Yeah. They're producing kids. But how many of those kids are now involved with the youth national team? I don't think any of them are. Right. I don't think any of them are. And why is that? Uh, it, it kind of goes back to I mean, we, we, we're going well off topic here by the way we were talking about Asian Cup a minute ago yeah. but we 
the, the, the crux of what we're getting to is there is no excuse you can produce players here yeah and, and, and if we're going to put all of these kids together right and and give them an opportunity to play then they can fight it out with the best of the best from Europe from North America from Australia whatever That's at right. least then it's a fair fight yeah and at least then I think as a byproduct of that, you're going to have all of those other things that you mentioned. You're going to have people be like, okay, well, look, I see them doing work in my community. I see them developing play X, Y, Z. Yeah. Right. So they're, they're at least investing in their, their time and their energies on trying to, to cultivate something here with our homegrown players. Exactly. Right. And then I think if they don't make the squad, I think they'll understand. Okay. Well, in that instance, that player was better than, than, than the boy from my barangay or whatever. Right. And, and you, I could live with that. Yeah. I could live with that. And even if the person doesn't make it into the team, the level has been raised. For sure. Right? Yeah. So that's, I think that's something, that's an approach that could be employed. Mm. I'm not saying this is the right approach, but I'm saying it's a step in the right direction. Yeah. Maybe, right? In, in terms of at least we're getting the benefit of these uh, foreign players coming in. We're getting the benefit of it as a country mm. because it's it's rubbing off yeah. on, on the players here. And I, I, that's why I'm a big fan of those who moved here. You know, there's a lot of like Ian Ramsey was playing here for a yeah, while. Yeah. You know, like to have these guys actually here and to have players like Joshua de Tosme, for example, yeah. who who gets to train against these guys mm. on a regular basis. Yeah. I mean, how much better has Joshua been over the last two years? Wow, his 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 level has has improved dramatically. You yeah. know, so I think it it's something like that that would help bring that affinity back, uh, as opposed to like, okay, what's the point of us even going after trying to? It's not even part of my ambitions anymore as a football player, homegrown, to be part of the national team because I feel like I don't I don't get a shot. Yeah, and just need to tweak that a little bit. That there is a possibility. It's just that there's a there's a caveat. You need to be at this level. Yeah. If you can get to that level, yeah, you get a shot. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, the quality is unquestionable. Yeah. Because just a while, just a few days ago, on upon this recording was we were toe to toe against Syria. I watched the game. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you had to live stream it. Again, disappointing because we don't have a, a Filipino broadcaster who's interested in broadcasting these games. Yeah. But, man, what a game. Yeah. What a match. Yeah. Toe-to-toe against Syria. And you could see the, the face of the coach. Like, he knows he's in a tough, tough yeah. game, right? Yeah. He, the Syrian coach, he knows that this is a tough side. Yeah. And when Marcelo Lippi resigned from China, uh-huh. he said that we lose our identity when we're up against good teams like Syria and Philippines. Yeah. That, that sentence alone was like a bit of a wow moment. Yeah, people in the Philippines were like, uh, I'm not sure what this guy's talking about. You know what I mean? You're talking about the Philippines here. But then you watch that game against Syria, you're like, oh, I get it. No, we're a proper side. We're yeah, a proper, proper team. Side, proper team yeah. yeah, so there's so much excitement in in, in me personally that yeah. of, of the level that we can, we can reach in terms of the quality of our football and the right coaching staff yeah. and people involved. It, it's exciting times, I would say, especially knowing that there's that monkey is off our back. Yeah. Asian Cup has been achieved. Yeah. We're on to bigger things yeah. now. Uh, I think, you know, it's not impossible, especially with the World Cup being expanded, Asian Cup being expanded even more also, that yeah. we're, this is going to become a regular occurrence. Yeah. You know you didn't answer the question, right? Which one? Exactly. <laughs> right. I asked you, which one would you rather have? Okay. Which one I would rather have if it's just black and white? Black and white. Would you rather go back to how it was? Or would you have what we have now? I want to be competing at the Asian Cup. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, you can yeah. have all the passion in the world, and you guys could be absolute crap. And for me, it's not good enough. You know, it's just I feel like it's a better starting point to be at a level where you are, you know, where the level should be, and we can fix the blocks in yeah. whichever way down the road to fit that. All right. 
What about you? I was part of that, so I have to say how it was before. <laughs> um, no, but I think I think you know what it's, it's a nice segue, really, because we can go into the World Cup qualifications a little bit, yeah, um, and talk a little bit about what's been going on because obviously the initial game against Syria was was a disappointment mm. um, to to lose the game. I, mean, I know there, there were some issues um, going into the game, but um, I think since then. Results and also the performances have been have been good. You know, obviously getting the, the, the Guam away game yeah. was a fairly routine victory. They, they, they did what they had to do, got the three points, got out of there. But the you know the China game was I think was was a, was a big one. You yeah. know, really just again just like I said um, with the South Korea game to stand toe to toe with a team like that. Uh, obviously, Lippi was under pressure and, and they felt that pressure. And mm-hmm. obviously, what we we now know what happened off the back of that um, particular result. Neil obviously came up with some big saves in the end, but but it just again it was one of those games where it sort of cemented us as right now we're in the mix, we're in the mix, we're definitely fighting for one of those best probably best second place spots I would say. Mm. I mean Syria have, have probably um, you know stolen the march on everyone else, but we're level on points with China in the group now seven points. Uh, I think China have a game in hand, mm. um, so we have to see that. But I think we the Philippines probably have an easier set of ties. You know they've got um, at home. Maldives, Guam, also at home. And then obviously the, probably the definitive game of this group is going to be China away. Wow. Right. But, you know, with limited preparation, we got, we got beat 2-0 um, in Guangzhou when we played them last time. It's probably going to be a new manager, obviously. Yeah. Or will be a new manager, should yep. I say. Uh, going in, 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 in the dugout for when, when, when the national team plays the next time. You know, it's, it's not completely unconceivable that... One of that that sort of best second place spot, it's definitely up for grabs. For it's sure, definitely up for grabs. What, what's your sort of take on it? Initially, it's like it seems outrageous. It, when I when I looked yeah. at the group, it was like Syria, China. All right, okay, right. it's going to be a tough one, yeah. right? We need to get that third spot so that we get an easier path into the Asian Cup yeah. qualifiers. Yeah. But now we're there. Yeah, seven points. Uh, this was the one that I was uh, I was shocked with the one nil against Syria. That really, although we lost that game, it really gives me the confidence to know that. Wow, a slight defensive tweak was all it took mm. for us to be really, really solid. Mm. And uh, the the quality of the football that was being played was, at times when we got the ball, passed it around, got really good sequences in. I feel rather confident that we'll put up a good fight. Yeah. Um, China away. Uh, I don't know how many thousands are going to throw uh, show up at that stadium. Uh, you know, it's going to be a difficult yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. There's no, there, you know, it's easy to get all flowery. What's the right word for it? Like flowery glasses. What's the? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what Rose I mean? Rose tinted glasses. Rose yeah, tinted yeah, yeah, glasses. Yeah, yeah. But there, there should be no illusions as to what the setup is of the ASCAL still. Yeah, you know what I mean? yeah. It's, it's, it's sometimes it's not the most organized bunch. They're not going to prepare in the best possible way. It might take a route that is further than what you should to get to China. Um, so it's, you're always going to be coming from an underdog position. Yeah, yeah. But um, it's going to be interesting to see. I, I have quite a lot of faith in the characters that have been brought on board. And I think Scott has got them all moving in one direction. Yeah. I think it really spoke a lot about Scott after the match against Syria, he gambled. Uh, I mean, Syria away uh, ho- at home when we lost three yeah. one. Like he gambled on that one, and it didn't work out. And all of his players were still behind him, at least from what mm-hmm. I heard mm-hmm. publicly. So I think that speaks a lot about the the 
the togetherness of the team that they're not you know uh, looking for somebody to throw under the bus yeah, immediately yeah. um and i feel like yeah we'll, we'll be able to potentially get that second spot yeah let's see i mean amazing yeah i'm mean, looking at I'll, I'll go back a little bit to the asian cup stuff like you know the, the, the china game i think was a bit of a was a disappointment when that was the game really that we probably had to win in order to qualify mm. because um in, in in the end how the sort of group panned out the Kyrgyzstan game we still could have qualified yeah. if we'd won that game as the best third place which ultimately they did yeah. when, when they beat us but I think that China game was one where even the draw would have probably been a game where we again would have just built on the momentum from the sure. um, from the South Korea game and the performance wasn't great there was a lot of things that I think in that game that just wasn't quite right and mm-hmm. then culminated obviously in, in, in that final game where we got beat by Kyrgyzstan nice to get the goal but I feel like from that point, you know, which was ultimately a disappointment that we probably, although we did well in the South Korea game and, and yeah, like, like you said, it garnered a lot of sort of global notoriety to see where the team is now. It's, I think there's been a steady improvement yeah. from, and, and, and from, from that point. And um, no, I'm excited to see what happens next year. Obviously that, that's it for the, for the national team yeah. for this year in terms of the, the, the qualification campaign it sucks man and like you gotta wait until march yeah. after after those you know a pair of really good matches to watch yeah unfortunately there's going to be a quite a wait yeah until, so obviously yeah that. we've got sea games which we'll come on to later on but you know i, I think overall as a, as a you know just talking about the national team through those competitions i think i think generally it's, it's been a pretty good year yeah. i would say in terms of the, the 2019 calendar um Probably the notable thing I would say off the, with with the with the national team, China, also with, with the domestic game is, is Phil Young husband retiring. Yeah, that announcement was made. Um, wow, you know, two days ago, three days ago, and um, I remember when I announced my retirement, I got a couple of you know a couple of nice text messages, and yeah. that was about it. But we had, I mean, there was an outpouring. Of course, you know, it was unbelievable to see. I mean, I think. Uh, was it FIFA? I think FIFA did did a did FIFA. a little shout out, which was unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, yeah, he was working your PR department. That was that was a great one. But yeah, a lot of people have you know came out and, and paid their respects, and rightfully so. Yeah, rightfully so. I mean, absolute legend of the game. He texted us before he made the announce announcement. Oh, did a small he? group, and he, he he told us, "Oh, just you know, guys, thanks." And you know, we were all sort of you know, well done, like incredible, incredible um, career that he's had with the national team with, with the domestic game. And um, it's a shame, really, that it kind of ended how it ended. You know, with the, the Asian Cup really was supposed to be the pinnacle for him, and it yeah, it ended up being a major disappointment. You know, I was with him a lot through that campaign, and mm. he was bitterly disappointed with how how that competition went. Even came on the podcast and spoke quite openly about it. Right. And um, I think those wounds are still there. And I think it, I think it will stay with him for for a while. Really, I think it, it, it was quite a difficult one for him to get over. But I think when he takes, you know, hopefully takes stock of what has happened over this this mad journey of his yeah you know he's, he's got to be immensely proud with, with what he's achieved in the domestic and international game god i hope so you know i hope that's not the the last taste in his mouth was how things transpired in the asian cup yeah and i think people forget as well you know you look at phil young husband you look at him as a commodity like he's a goal scorer and he's a marketing tool and people don't people forget that he's a footballer who's got ambitions who wants to play at the highest level yeah. and to hear about you know sort of the disappointment and the hurt that he felt by not being involved like it reminds you that yeah you know this is a human it's being not a robot you know what i mean yeah um 
he's not just some guy that you can talk smack about on on social media, and it's so easy to do in this mm. in this day and age. You know, I, I I had the pleasure of of working with Phil a couple of years when I was working with uh, Miralco, yeah. and you get an, you try to catch Phil like you know maybe he's someone different when the cameras are off. Yeah, you know, like maybe. Uh, you, you're trying to see like a cynical side of him or something like this, you know, and he was always just so classy, always, mm, you know, mm. um, always such a nice guy and, and you know that they're, for example, they're raising their, their sister together as, as as siblings and there's a lot of responsibility on his shoulders, you know, and he makes it look easy and mm. performing on the pitch, it's almost like, um, it's almost like uh, a certain uh, um, something that you don't even have to think about. It's like, yeah, Phil your husband's gonna do Phil your husband. Yeah. You didn't have to worry about him. Yeah, he was never like an issue or anything like this. And I always thought it was a real pleasure being around Phil your husband always. Yeah. You know, and it, it's not always that you have somebody who has that kind of popularity to keep their the, themselves intact. I think they did a good job of that. Yeah, you know, both yeah, him definitely. And, him and I did James. a really, I did a really, really good job. Because it's difficult to understand the level of of fame yeah. that they garnered, especially when you know high profile dating happened for 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 Phil. It's like, man, it's 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 easy to lose yourself in this yeah, yeah, for sure. in this nonsense. Yeah, man, they kept their feet firmly on the ground. Yeah. So yeah, Phil Young husband, what a career. Yeah, I think like one of the things that I really hope comes. I said a little bit in our interview that I hope that people really acknowledge because I was aware of what was going on I, I knew that it was he was contemplating it but I, I deep down I knew he, I, I felt he was going to retire so I didn't think he was going to pick up his boots right again and I said you know I hope that people really acknowledge what he brought to the domestic game because he is a commodity he's a once in a generation player yeah for sure you know 50 goals it's not going to get beaten probably in my lifetime Mm. I don't think I don't think people are going to get to fifty goals yeah. in in my lifetime. I just don't I just don't see it happening. Um, you know, he's part of a rare breed in that sense. Also, not not many countries have. You know, England has only a handful. I think maybe one. Uh, who's just broken the record? Has someone just broken the record? I think Wayne Rooney broke the record of most goals for the national team. I think he could be did, did could it. be Wayne Rooney. Yeah. So you know, it's I hope he's revered. You know, I hope he gets a proper send-off. Um, I'm not saying build a statue, but he probably deserves a statue. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he's one of those. Like just yeah. give him something, name something after him. Give him, give him. You know, I, I'd hate for something to happen. For, you know, I look at the, like the Napoleon Alcantara thing. Like, why is it taking so long to give him his, his own cup? I mean, right. hell, the guy's top score for Barcelona, and it's you know he's been dead. You know. A long time. A long time. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, let's pay homage to him now. Like, do it while he's alive. I mean, I remember England with Bobby Moore did the same thing. It's like, pay homage to him now. Yeah. You know, give him a proper send-off next next international game. You know, invite him on. I think Chiefy got a half-decent one, right? You know, they had a little ceremony, gave him gave him a shirt and that. And I think, yeah, I mean, Phil definitely deserves one. I, I, I hope that that's, they don't lose sight of that. 100%. Because he's 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 been an incredible servant, and it was nice to see the bigger footballing community really pay homage because he, he definitely deserves it. Yeah, I hope we do the same. Show yeah. like show the class, and the um, you know, yeah, and basically just give him the send off that he deserves. That's that's. What I hope I'm so. At. I hope so. He deserves that for sure. Do you think he'll get one? <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's enough. So all right, but he won the real. He won the real. I, I know he won the real award last two weeks ago which is the best goal 
Yeah. Most memorable goal. Sorry, let me just clarify that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The most memorable goal. So you won the big, the real title that everyone's been well, there you gunning go. for. Right. Who cares about a statue, right? Yeah. That's the, that was the big one. <laughs> Good as. Good as a statue. But yeah, props to Phil. Enjoy the retirement. I saw him play golf the other day. Yeah. Looks like he's going to be doing a lot more of that. He's, I reckon he's going to get really fat. <laughs> I reckon he's going to get fat. So that would be, that'd be nice. I'd love to see a fat Phil Young husband. I think that would be really nice. I think one thing that Phil was always chasing, though, in the, in the Philippines was, was domestic. Say it. Say it. it was domestic yes. titles, right? Which? He, he never got. He never got. He never, oh, no, no, no. He got one UFL Cup. Honestly, I don't even want to discuss that. that. The year they won it was a joke. 2013. It was a joke. So that I'm not it. even going to include that. <laughs> but in his stead, his brother yeah. has cleaned up this year that's right that's so we, right. we're going to segue neatly that was a neat segue into <laughs> the domestic year yeah. which to be honest with you has been one big roller coaster mm. Mm. um you jumped off the roller coaster chris on this one uh definitely on it definitely jumped off you know obviously <laughs> last year you know won the cup enjoyed my time of um, you know, working at the club level. Can, can I be honest? I, I, I want to be honest Please. though. I felt, I felt with the domestic league, things were going awry. Mm. Things were going awry. You know, we we were, we did had that shift from McKinney Hill to Rizal. Hadn't really worked out in terms of trying to generate interest. I think we said on podcast before we, we you end up chasing compliance for the AFC rather than trying to chase. Yeah what we should have been chasing, which was to build a sustainable league. We said that on Anton's, um, on Anton Del Rosario's podcast. I felt probably about midway through last season, I said, this is going to be my last year of club coaching because I don't, I don't see where this is going, Mm. you know, and I don't want to be part of something that I don't fully believe in. Sure. And obviously we had a great, second half of the season. The club did fantastically well, qualified for the AFC cup, which, both our teams, I think, actually did quite well in, in, in this year, which we'll touch upon later. But when there was that level of uncertainty, uncertainty, end of last season, is it going to be a league? Is there not going to be a league? Um, obviously, we had um, Davao yeah. pulling out right... I, I'm not sure if this is even in this year's review, but I think it was around that sort of... Was it New Year's Eve? I it's think like, it was New nah, Year's I, Eve. I believe it was like December. It was like... I think it was, I think it was New Year's Eve. Was of it? La, of, yeah, because... That's so rude. Yeah, so uh, that was when obviously Davao then pulled out, which was one of the, we felt was the more stable clubs mm. in in the domestic game. A lot of the big hitters were, were in that club. A lot of the national team players were at that club. Yeah. And they seemed like they had a long-term plan. I think they just named, announced the partnership with uh, the Belmari yeah. group. Yeah, the Japanese club. The Japanese club. So you, you okay, that, at least that club's going to be intact. There was, there was other clubs I was sort of more nervous about. Obviously, Global had their, had their issues last year. Yeah. And I was like, I just can't see them getting the numbers for next year. And if that's the case, I don't want to be part of something that, that's so uncertain. Lo and behold, there is then the, the new league. Yeah comes out i even forgot the name of it right <laughs> the is philippine it, premier league so ppl right yep. that's what it was called yep, yep. i mean I, I i'm not as involved in it. i mean you're still involved with the club so what what was your sort of experience being involved with that because obviously you were involved in that first that match day the the initial match day yep. and even in that build-up to it that sort of the week before the first kickoff yeah 
the schedule would come out and then the day of the game it was changed it was changed yeah so I mean what 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 on earth happened because very little information has come out I, I, I've been involved with football but I don't really know the full story like what was what was sort of your experience of, of all of that sort of PPL fiasco man it was, it was crazy um, because I didn't know if I had a job you know what I mean? Yeah. If, if we didn't have anywhere to play, yeah. then what's the point of the club, right? Uh, there's, it's potentially, you could be, you'd have to find a new job. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I was just hoping that there would be a league, any sort of league. Yeah. And then when when Bernie Samayo came out and, and said that, you know, he was going to set up the Philippine Premier League. He'd yeah. come from Thailand. He'd had experience with the Thai league. and He, he came was, in with a lot of plans, didn't he? Right. And he was going to, you know, uh, try to implement as much as he could with with the Philippines in in the first year he was able to get a media sponsor in TV5 who mm-hmm. would come in who were going to broadcast the games once a week and the games were going to be played centralized in Manila um, because all the flying was yeah, yeah, yeah. was killing yeah. the clubs yeah. right um, and there was a little bit of discontent from a, a few clubs and a few personalities who were saying that you know um, the whole reason why we did the PFL is because we wanted to establish ourselves within communities Yeah. so it's important for us to um, represent a particular city or or, or province or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, they were saying that playing centralized didn't make sense. Um, one game a week was not enough. Blah blah blah. And there was, you know, they were s- planting these seeds of doubt about the the capabilities yeah. of this of this league to function yeah. as a professional entity. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were saying that the PFF had not uh, approved the rules. Uh, and they weren't sure if the PFF would grant the champion of the PPL uh, a pass into the AFC. Mm. All of these things were being thrown out maybe two weeks yeah. prior to the first match of the PPL. Yeah. I also remember there were licensing issues also, right? Club licensing issues. An absolute joke, that one, right? right? Because there were new clubs that had come in. It was Air Force and Mendiola, yeah. both of which their licenses were held um, for the opening weekend. Mm-hmm. So we were supposed to play against Air Force, Kaya was. Yeah. And uh, it ended up being Green Archers because they had been granted a provisional license mm-hmm. or, uh, yeah, yeah, a, yeah, a license. Yeah, yeah. Um, Mendiola and Air Force would have their licenses approved not more than two weeks later when the PFL started. Yes. We started after that. Yeah. So you know that there were some interesting um, forces at play that would, you know, uh, why is it that it, it they're going to get their licenses, first of all, approved mm-hmm. provisionally mm-hmm. and then revoked the week prior to the matches starting mm. and then reinstated two weeks later, mm. right? So there was obviously a little bit of um, interest in uh, derailing the PPL. Yeah. Which was, do, you know what I, do you know why? I think it's because they wanted the PFL to come back and okay. do a third season. Right. Um, this is personally just I thought that maybe that's what they wanted, right? But if that was the case, why wasn't that just announced like the year before? Because the the PFL initially was tapped out. This is it. This They had made an agreement that we were no longer going to run the league the year after, that a new entity was being explored, and okay. that was the PPL. Right. And then once that deal started to... Um, materialize a little bit more I, I don't think they were happy with the arrangement that the P- okay. PPL had put out right and uh, slowly but surely things started to go awry you know wheels started falling mm-hmm. off the PPL um, w- various forces at play and it ended up that we're going to have a third season of the PFL alright guys great so the league's going to happen do we have a media sponsor no we do not 
where are we going to play the games? They're going to be centralized. So essentially, it's the same situation that yeah. we're in. Yeah. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, I'm sure there's going to be you know uh, personnel changes and the way the league's going to yeah, be run yeah, is yeah. different. But in terms of the value that the clubs were getting, yeah, I mean, what are we getting? Yeah, right. Same stuff. We're not invested in our communities, and we're not getting. We're not even on TV now. Yeah. So that was a huge frustration yeah. in terms of the, the organization mm. of, of the PFL. Obviously, a good friend of mine, Coco Torre, was the commissioner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, first, us, the two of us being the first two employees of the UFL, yeah, to see yeah, him yeah. become the commissioner, a proud moment for Yeah, me. for sure. Unfortunately, he's in a situation where he's in a tough spot. He's managing a lot of stuff, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Essentially, if this thing fails, he's going to be the brunt of it all. And he didn't really have any power yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in what situation he was in. Yeah. I think making the most of a bad situation, um, the league pushed through. Yeah. Global defaulted a few of their games and eventually they've packed up as a club, from my understanding. Packed up, finished? Yeah, from my understanding, because they weren't involved in the cup, in the Copa Paulino yeah, Alcantara. Yeah. They didn't even... So you think, is that, is that the end of them as far as you're aware? Or? In their current state, God, I hope so, right? I hope so. Honestly, because they were just more of a nuisance than anything, right? Because are they going to show up or are they not going to show up? Uh, are they going to play? Are we going to play against eight or are we going to play against an entire team? You know what I mean? Uh, you hear players not getting paid, the rumors of that, and you don't want that. You don't want that for anybody. You know, you don't want people to be involved in that kind of environment. So, um, it's nice that the, we don't have to worry about global, maybe. For, for the foreseeable future of, of club football. But yeah, okay. yeah it, it was tough to be a part of that. Although the competition itself, which again, uh, only the diehards saw because, you know, it's live streaming. Mm -hmm. Although they did improve the, the quality yeah. of the broadcast and they, they tried their best. And, you know, you're, you're, it's a beautiful thing to, to witness being a part of the, of the community because you see that, you know, we're from different clubs, but we're working together just so that this thing can stay alive. Yeah, because yeah. guys... It's like what Anton was talking about. It's like everybody's worried about cutting the pie. The pie is not even big enough. Yeah, we're here to try to build it, right? Yeah. So, you're you're working from the ground up with these guys, and it's 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 amazing to see that there are passionate, yeah, talented individuals who really care about building this thing. Yeah. and unfortunately, they're being crapped on by outsiders who know nothing about how this thing came about. You know, they're just looking at the product. And fair enough to them, you know. You're a foot football fan. All you want to see is the product. Yeah. I don't care how it got here. Yeah. You know what I mean? I want to watch the Premier League. I don't want mm. the backstory yeah. of everything. Yeah. It's like they're looking at it, and it's a, it's a, it's not the product that they were hoping that it would be. Yeah. And that's understandable. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Quality of the football though was great, as you would know. The PFL over the last two years that you were involved was progressively getting better, and Sedes was spectacular this season. As as part of Kaya, the Kaya was was an improvement, but it's just it couldn't bri bridge that gap mm -hmm. that Ceres uh, had had made. So, what a season for them, going unbeaten all throughout the season, mm -hmm. winning the league and the cup. James Young has been cleaning up, yeah, as he had been a late addition to the to the squad in that yeah. one. It was an enjoyable season to be a part of, yeah. Outside of the turmoil, yeah. Outside of the uncertainty, which yeah. has been you know, uh, addressed a little bit in that apparently there's been a big sponsor that's coming in and is will secure the future of the league for the next three years. Yeah, Nothing finalized as of I yet. I saw something about them appropriating those funds for a grassroots initiative though. What, did you read that article? No. Yeah, I saw that one. I'm not, so I'm not too sure yeah. what's going to happen there. 
Exactly. So, you know, the sponsor know. comes in. Is he a sponsor of the federation? Is he a sponsor of the league? Is he? Right. <laughs> I yeah, I mean, know. I don't know. I, yeah, that's, we don't know the specifics sure. yeah. of that. But for me personally, as a person who was involved in the league, I'd say the, the quality of the play, the competition. I, it's a shame that some of the some of these games were not shown to, to everyone. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, it's still kind of the same old, same old. Though. There's a little bit more security moving over to the next year, but... Man, it's a shaky, it's a shaky uh, foundation. Yeah, you know what I mean. I mean, for me, there's, I, I'm looking at it, maybe from. You use the term rose tinted glasses, or you tried to, and then <laughs> I put the words in your mouth. Um, I'm looking at teams like, in previous years, you know, Davao last year, they were strong. They're not there anymore. Maybe not JPV last year, but the year before yeah. were very, very good. You know, look at people like proper man. Yeah, I mean like Takumi and obviously um, Odawara, who's gone in and again won, won a double. What a great, player, great man. player! What a player! You know, uh, global obviously haven't been global for the past two years, but prior to that, were top, top side. Yeah, you know, you you said that the level is improved. I'm looking at it thinking. I mean, Serres have done well. Mm. I think Kai overall had an okay. Yeah, they're, they're up against. Yeah, a, a team that just were just lights out this season. But sort of below, I mean, Stallions, Stallions better than previous years. Nah, no, nah, not this year. You know, I'm not. Sure. I, I didn't watch enough games where I could, you know, potentially comment. So that's why yeah. I'm sort of asking you. And then it seems to sort of the teams. Were, I mean, actually, you know, Green Archers had were, 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 they, they threw up a couple of you yeah. know, spanners in the works. I mean, same with Mendiola. Actually, they had a couple. Yeah, but then obviously, you know. Air Force, you know, I, I, I remember Air Force as being like a powerhouse, you know, when I first came and they, right. were, they, were, they were top side, you know, they won multiple titles, um, you know, sort of before I came and even when I first came, they were still a decent side. Um, is it improving? Is it improving? That, that's really the, the sort of the, right. the point I'm trying to get at. I mean, I would say Ceres actually probably improved despite multiple players leaving and and. Yeah. and, and um, searching foreign fields to, to to play their football, you know, and that is a real testament to them as an organisation, like unbelievable. And I actually think they probably upgraded in uh, bringing in Mendy, yeah, probably on a you know on, for a song. He's come in and absolutely lit the league up again. I mean, he's got to be one of the top strikers in Southeast Asia, maybe 100. outside of Thailand. I can't see many strikers being better than him. He's absolute top top level forward. Just seems seems to be getting better every time. Um, Odawara is a great pickup for, for nothing. Is it, you know, filling an Asian spot. I mean, oh what God. an unbelievable pickup playing in the Sevens League. Now we'll just pluck him out of here yeah. and plug him in. I mean, it's seamless. He played centre back in the final of the Copa. Top, it's like, mate. He's a top player. So I look at that, and although you've obviously you're losing your Silvers and Stoiblers and Ingressos and yeah. Nazaris, oh, the list is going to go on. Yeah, they still seem to keep it all together so in that perspective obviously they've made vast improvements but I'm struggling to see where outside of that is 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 that part of the problem too that the, that the teams aren't perhaps at the level that there was maybe three four years ago actually actually when you put it that way yeah you know when it, when I look at uh, who was I speaking to quite recently about 2017 like what a league that was you know what I mean when you had you had Morocco you had Global you had us, you had Kaya. The first PFL season. Yeah. And then Ceres. Wow. That was like every game almost. And Davao got, got better that yeah. year. And then you had JPV who was already decent and Stallion. It's like every week was like, wow. 
yeah. this is like only probably a locos was the probably the weak yeah, yeah. Weaker, weak weak team quote unquote which this season especially in the beginning was everyone except for Ceres. you know what i mean it's like every game was like an ilocos game in terms of the level of fear of man we could lose today yeah you know what i mean um it was only the serious games and the stallion games yeah if i'm being honest yeah in terms of the quality of the play yeah. however of obviously my i'm tinted in terms of watching kaya yeah play. yeah of course yeah um the players are becoming more and more familiar with you know uh how to play the ball fluidly yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. all of that and and obviously watching the serious games as well you see the quality of play plus you join in you know the afc cup yeah, performance yeah, yeah. but you're right in terms of the competitiveness competitiveness maybe that's the word i'm looking yeah, for the yeah the competitiveness of the league certainly took a steep drop yeah i would say okay because yeah teams like mendiola and green archers and air force yeah. are not going to pose the same threat that teams like miralco did yeah. or global did yeah. and Davao. Davao. Yeah. um which is although the impressive thing is how quickly they bridge that gap after several yeah, months yeah i think that maybe that's the thing that we should be focusing on is the fact that like the mendiolas especially like they came and made dramatic improvements yeah. and, and they got a young coach, haven't they? Young coach and a lot of homegrown players mm. um, who aren't familiar names yeah. to the general football public, yeah. and have come on enough and they've competed really well. Mm -hmm. So maybe that's really the the perspective that we need to take with this league. Is yeah. okay, yep. Yeah, maybe the overall standard is not as high as it was, but maybe we'll be given a platform for a lot of these guys to to play. They yeah. perhaps wouldn't have had the platform maybe two, three years ago. And, maybe, and I think the, the, the entry into the league is a lot lower now. Right. And I think that's more of the blueprint of where you want to be. You know, if okay. you can get people like Mendiola involved, Green Archers involved, you know, Army, yeah. Air Force, and other teams are looking like, okay, it's not how many million. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We know, can, yeah. Th then maybe we could put a team together. Yeah. And then once we get a taste of what level we need to, to reach, then, we'll, you know, we'll start building up. Because I think that'd you know? be nice. Like, I remember when I first came in, it was a 10-team tier, ten team league, two tiers. Yeah. It was great. Exactly. There was something for everyone. Yeah. Right? There was something for, for any, any club. You want to be competing at a higher level? Yeah, go in, pay your X amount on your yeah. um, franchise fee, you, you know, and work your way up to that level. If you don't, if you know, if, if you see yourself as a more recreational team or up and coming team or yeah. whatever, you want to establish. I mean, even JPV, they they were in Division Two for for the longest time, Socceroo, yeah. right? And then they worked their way up. So, you know, they were steeped in right. Let's develop, you know, Japanese players from um, you know, either enrolled in school here, they live here, or um, we'll bring them over. It was a great breeding ground, and everyone exactly. sort of had their own identity. And I think that that. Maybe we're sort of moving towards that way, and maybe that's something that they can build, the league can build on. Um, but I don't see that necessarily as being too big of a big of an issue. It's just yeah. like you said, that entry point might it might actually create opportunities for other people to get back in. And if we can get more, cl I think, closer to that that establishment of ten teams in a league or a two tier yeah, league, you know, that nice. that would be nice. And irrespective of maybe the level, maybe the level isn't what it was three or four. But maybe maybe we need to start again. Yeah, and that might be for the betterment of the domestic game. I would say so. You know I would I mean? say so. I think you got to start, you know, getting more people involved again. Yeah, and not being so snotty about the AFC situation. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because not everybody has those no, hopes no, no, anyways, no, 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 right? No. Not everybody wants to spend a ton of cash to fly around Asia to yeah. play these games. You know, and uh, the, the example I'll give is like there's there's teams in the UK that they'll have certain things so to, to, to get yourself from let's say the National League which is the fifth tier to when you go into the League 2 which is the fourth tier mm -hmm. you need to meet certain criteria so you need to have you know um, certain uh, your, your um, 
your stadium has to be compliant with certain restrictions and you need to have X amount of uh, turnstiles where you can enter the games. Sure. You know, you need to have certain criteria within the organization, this and that. There are clubs that are like, they've set themselves up so they cannot go any higher. Mm, mm. Right? So they'll have, let's say they have um, an all-weather turf field. Yeah. We know we can't qualify. We, even if we win the league, we can't go up. Mm. But they service the community. So that field, because it's an all-weather turf field, the community can use it, Yeah. right? It's, we don't have to keep it mani well manicured and all now stay off the field because the first team needs to use it on a Saturday. Sure. So you're getting full use out of it. So the community gets to use it. So that's the benefit. Mm -hmm. So while some teams want to be chasing the dream, some clubs are like, no, 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 this is the dream. Yeah. I mean, this is, the, you know, we're not looking to try and get any higher. We're trying to build a more sustainable community for everyone to enjoy. And that way also then the local community will go to the games. Right. You'll have an affinity with the players, you know, who are regular guys. They'll probably, probably have a job. Yeah. Right. They'll work in the town, right? Monday to Friday. They'll train two, three times a week and then they'll go and play on a Saturday and you go and watch and play. Yeah. So there are these sort of things that I think are really important and maybe that's what we need to be striving for rather than trying to, you know, rather than striving for that that sort of golden ticket, which which is the AFC Cup. Because I think a lot of teams have, have tried to do that and they've gone bust. I think that's where you know, like ticking boxes becomes a real issue, you know? Um, for example, Hanoi. Hanoi is a team that went all the way to the ASEAN zone final. Mm. I think they won the ASEAN zone mm. final. Or be serious. Potentially, they cannot compete next year because of a youth level sh issue that yeah. their, their youth team did not compete at the, the national yeah. uh, stage and therefore you will not be eligible to play at the AFC Cup next year. Yeah. You know how ridiculous that is. You see how yeah. good they are. Yeah. Um, and that's just more of an administrative oversight, surely, right? Yeah. And that's the so, so it's it's like these little boxes, these hoops that you got to jump in just so that you can play on the AFC stage. Yeah. Now, I'm not completely against administrations forcing clubs to fit into certain requirements yeah, or yeah, yeah, to yeah. get into criteria because yeah. we saw firsthand how quickly organizationally clubs became better because of the PFL. Yeah. Because clubs needed to have your own team media officer, yeah, yeah, have your yeah, own yeah, general yeah, yeah. coordinator. You need to professionalize, for Essentially, sure. it's like every club was operating like the league. You're setting up your own venue, you're yeah. doing your own thing, uh, your own marketing and blah, blah, blah. That's great, yeah. pushing people into that direction. Yeah. But when it becomes too difficult of a hoop to jump into yeah. and, and the restrictions are too high, it really has that negative effect. Yeah. And as you said, we're losing touch with the other side of football, which mm. is basically just a community thing, Yeah, right? Yeah. That's what it is. and it's tough to find the affiliation to these clubs at the moment yeah which i love i love seeing the yfl i love seeing mm. the sevens football yeah. league because this is where you see the that affinity without having to ask you know the, these are parents who are watching their kids play or yeah, yeah. siblings watching their siblings play and, and this is what it's all about yeah, you know yeah. it's easy to be passionate yeah. in, in those matches and to be able to figure out how to I, manufacture is not the right word. I mean, it's not it's cultivate? not cultivate is yeah. the correct word and yeah. for clubs to and the national team even to actively be cultivating communities, um, uplifting them, empowering them, exposing them to football in some way, some way or another. That's the way. I think that's the, that's what we have to focus on more. Yeah. And the league has to do that as well. Because yeah. if it's the clubs just on their own trying to do this, it's like you are the product. The league is mm. the product. The games are the product. You have to be helping people be exposed to your yeah. product. And we're not getting any of that. Yeah. So 
Yeah, it'd be nice to get you know ten teams involved, mm. get them on TV, yeah. and, and 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 empower these communities. Yeah. You know, um, the MPBL is doing that correctly. Mm. You know, the MPBL, yeah, 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 right? Uh, obviously, it's it's, it's it's basketball, right? Yeah. Because when you look at like, you know everybody talks about oh Philippines is a basketball nation, blah blah blah. Go watch a, a a PBA game, a semifinal, and see that half the stadium, half of that arena is is missing. Mm-hmm. Nobody's watching these yeah. games unless it's Ginebra. You start to understand that this is not a football thing. Yeah, it's a sports yeah, yeah. thing. It's a it's a national problem. Yeah. That people are not coming out to sports anymore because how many people want to support Petron? You know what I mean? I, I buy gas, you know what I mean? But I'm not going to support the basketball team, you know what I mean? Um, what affinity do I have to a, a, a gasoline product? Or um, what other products are the chicken product, you know, a hot dog product? It's like. So you're saying the alcohol one's okay? No, well, San Miguel, yeah. well, San Miguel you know, at least you could, I understand. Yeah. There are people who are like, yeah, this is my drink or whatever. <laughs> but, but no one's supporting them because of that. It's also because those, they're, they're, they've been there. They haven't changed their names. San Miguel has been there. Ginebra has been there yeah. for two, three decades. Meanwhile, like Pure Foods has been Magnolia. It's been you know Star. It's right. been blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah. So that's tough. Yeah. It's tough you to can't get behind. The that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you have these high-profile games with the best players on the ever uh, in the history of, of of basketball in the country, and nobody gives a crap. Yeah. Um, so it's not just results. It's so not what just you're saying, what you're saying? What what is Manny doing? That's that's working. He's in entrenching favor, himself in the communities. It's basically like a barangay. Barangay league, right? It's a barangay yeah, league. Yeah. But, you know, we're going to televise it and we're going to shoot it out across the nation. Yeah. So that, you know, my buddy, Chris Greatwich, who I played basketball with on the weekend, yeah. is now being shown all across the Philippines. Yeah, and yeah. It just so happened he knocked in a three-pointer, right? right yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, he, yeah. I know you. Because I know the level's not as Of course high. not. But the drama yeah. is the same. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I'm guessing, and then the community have an affinity towards it, which yeah. is creating a buzz and an atmosphere. It matters, right? You know, it's it's that guy from just down the street that who's who's playing right now. So I'm I'm down. Mm-hmm. Okay. How much is a ticket? You know, it's like yeah. fifty pesos. Whatever. We're gonna go over. It's just a it's just a walk away. We're not gonna travel to Araneta. We're not yeah. gonna travel to Rizal Memorial Stadium. It's just there. Okay. So I I see that, and they're and they're growing so quickly. The barrier to entry was so low. You're you're activating the local government over there you're incentivizing them to put this team together because of whatever incentives are given to them mm. sure yeah I, i'm not privy to that information but okay you've done the right thing you've involved the local government you involved the community and they're there they're coming out in droves and these games are being yeah. televised at like 10 o'clock in the evening yeah yeah i've seen a couple of games yeah it's, you know it's not it's not a bad model okay i would say all right because I, mean, I want to touch a little bit on the AFC stuff, which we talked like you said. I think there also needs to be an avenue for teams that really want to progress and they want to try. Because yeah. Series have done amazing. Mm. Mm. So you have to. You, series are one of the premier teams in Southeast Asia, mm-hmm. so we need to give them that outlet. They yeah. need to have the, the potential to play at that level because they top their group. Difficult group, you know. They, they had some big hitters in their group. They topped it. Yep. Obviously, get. Gave a great account to a really strong Hanoi team. Mm. Uh, I mean, drew at home and they lost 2-1 away, right? I think, yeah. didn't they lose a goal? I think they lost by a goal in each. I think it was, I think it was 1-1 the home game. Okay. Well, okay. Wrong. I think, yeah. But anyway, both hotly contested games. Yeah, yeah. No shame in losing to them. Yeah. Most of the, a lot of their boys play on the Vietnamese national team. That's and right. pff, they're, they're, they're performing incredibly well at the moment. So you need to give them that avenue. Um Kind of a little bit unlucky, weren't they? That they 
Makassar obviously got the better of them and, and managed to top the group. Yeah. I think had had they picked up the win in the in the Laos game, which uh, in the, the Laos Laos game, the first game, and then yeah, a red card in you know vital moment yeah. in in the home game. I think probably cost them, and then even some dubious refereeing decisions in the in the in the game in Indonesia. You know, I think they were a little bit unlucky not to qualify from yeah. from from that campaign. But I think both both teams performed really well, yeah. um, and and again created that. Um, that sort of the prestige that we that we need for the for the domestic game because the, if the national team is performing at a good level, domestic teams are performing well in the regional level. It, mm. it definitely elevates, you know, um, elevates the game. Yeah. The only problem is it was then pillaged, you know, and, and teams from Thailand were coming over and going right. Well, with our ruling of ASEAN players mm. at the equivalent of a Thai player, I mean, I I, I watched it. I looked at a. Um, an article that was put out today and it was literally listing down okay like signings that we should make next season and it was bang 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 Filipino Filipino <laughs> Filipino Filipino right yeah you're not talking about Thai players yeah you know they've seen how well these guys have performed over in the Thai Premier League yeah and I'd be very surprised if a lot of the really top top level you know certainly those within the national team if most if not all of them are going to be playing in, at that sort of level yeah, you know, in the next year or two, especially with the league, especially with is. the PFL, you know, you're not getting the the level of competition that you're hoping for yeah. as a player week in week out. Then, you know, seeking greener pastures and and higher paychecks is certainly something that you're going to be interested in, yeah. right? Personally, for me, for those individuals, I'm super happy for them. Yeah, great, me too. Right? You know, you're you're sorting out your future ahead of time. You're a young player. You're getting a huge paycheck. That's that's great. That's yeah. what you want athletes to have, yeah. just to be able to pave their future right before they retire you know they, they have everything that's yeah. good um i think it, it provides more opportunity for for high quality filipino players um and for players abroad to look at the philippines as an avenue to uh jump start their careers yeah but we are the stepping stone yeah as of the moment yeah right and until the league gets sorted out and it, it becomes better becomes more competitive um, I don't think that's going to change. Yeah. So it, it makes it interesting for me just thinking right now is <laughs> yeah. that Sarah's, their whole uh, model as of the moment is uh, let's give me a list of the best players in the league that we can we can get and we'll offer them double or whatever, yeah. right? And they'll come over yeah. and now we have a super team. Yeah. Well, now your super team is being pillaged. So how are you going to keep having that same you know super team or is it even worth making the super team again yeah, right? yeah, so you yeah. might have to rethink your approach yeah what is it what is it i mean are they are they going to stick around you think what, what what's what's your sort of feelings with them because they've had an uh, despite everything yeah they won the double yeah i mean the final really was kaya's chance to yeah to take home some silverware obviously a lot of players that were away with the national team mm-hmm. they had 13 players in the squad yeah pretty good players though pretty good you players. know they had left behind it let's, let's not sort of make out that all of their best players were gone. All right, some were the national team, but they still had the likes of James Younghusband, Robert Lopez-Mendy, Miguel Tanton, yeah. you know. Odawara. Odawara, uh, Roland Muller in goal. Yeah. You know, it's a quality these are side. high pedigree players, yeah. right? So, Kaya struck the post like maybe three yeah, or four times. Yeah. Um, it was an unlucky game, yeah. but at the end of the day, I think it was, it was more of like a reflection of what the season was about for Kaya, yeah. which is that we have done well, but there is a level that we are missing. Yeah. And um, it, it became clear. You lose to Saris once, 
all right, it was bad refereeing. You lose to Saris the second time. It was like, what are you going to do? Stefan Schrock's amazing. He, it was a moment of magic. Yeah. Hold your heads up high. You lose a third time. You're like, guys, this is becoming a trend, right? You lose a fourth time. You're like, what are we going to do here, right? You have to accept that there's something that on your end that needs to be fixed. Mm. You lose a fifth time against a, a team that's, you know, 13 of them there. You hit the post four times, but still, that's five nil. There's something to do, yeah. right? And there's a shakeup that needs to happen if you're going to bridge that gap. Yeah. I think so much respect has to be thrown Risto's way um, to keep the team motivated. It's re- that's really tough. Right? I mean, It's really tough. I've, I don't envy that job at all. I've only been exposed to him in a manner which is mostly negative because he's complaining about the pitch. He's complaining about the refereeing. Everything is... Nothing like positive comes out of his mouth when I, whenever I'm around him. <laughs> you know what I mean? But he's to, a really nice guy, by the way. You're right. That's the thing, right? Really I, nice I have guy. seen him off the pitch... Fantastic fella. And and to to witness what he did with Saris this year was like, wow. Yeah. Every week, man, this team was playing lights out against Mendiola today. Mendiola again next week. Green Archers next week after that. Doesn't matter. They come out, they play. They're super professional. Yeah. You know, Shrocky and everyone. Yeah. So wow, what a season they had. I mean, you can't you can't knock on that at all. And I think they're gonna continue to become a real force. I mean, what, Bienville top scorer? In the AFC, yeah, right. You have you in the best eleven, best eleven, Southeast Asia, and I think Shrocky is one of those players that has really, you know, planted his roots here in the Philippines. I don't, think he's, go- I don't think he's going anywhere. So there's that guy that you can build around, yeah. which is amazing piece yeah. to build around. So I think they're going to continue to be a, a, a strong force in the Philippines. However, will they be representing Negros? Is the big question. You know, mm. uh, are they going to be a Negro side with, you know, there's a family feud that's happening with yeah. the owner of the club and the uh, the person running the federation. Obviously, that guy, um, they've been at odds and there there are uh, rumblings that perhaps Negros is not going to be the home of Ceres next right? year, okay. which is, I think, a huge shame. Mm. I mean, for everybody in Negros to, you're, you guys are not involved in this squabble. You know what I mean? You've watched this team over the last three, four years. Yeah. And you're like, man, this is my club. We're, a, we're an Asian side. Um, and then to, to have that team be displaced and move elsewhere, it's yeah. like, that's a missed opportunity. Really, yeah. okay. You know what I mean? Uh, that's a huge one. You were talking about AFC earlier. You're asking about like clubs. There should be clubs being empowered to move yeah. to that AFC. I think that's sort of where the sport as a whole of football is a cut above volleyball and, and basketball mm. in that you can strive for that higher level right. at all times. Uh, there's a there's a structure in place yeah. where you can you can do yeah. that. And the eyeballs are there. Like for individual players, the eyeballs become exponentially more when yeah. you get onto that stage and that's the reason why clubs from Thailand and, and yeah. Malaysia will pick you up. It's a fantastic opportunity and for those who have the ambition, who have the, the funds, that should definitely be an option. I just don't think you should throw everybody into that mix. Yeah, no, I agree I'm, with that. Right? Yeah, I agree with that. But I want to, I think that's that sort of summarized what's happened this year yeah. pretty well. We have gone on a number of tangents yeah. and covered a lot of ground with that. So what do we have left? I mean, you talked a little bit about Stefan Schrock being in the best 11. I think he's had a great year. Mm. He's had a couple of real sort of standout moments the, the first Asian Cup goal obviously this this award was great but he's also declared himself fit and available selection and he was named in the squad for the SEA Games which is the upcoming tournament and really the last event on the on the footballing calendar um, 
We've seen the squad. It, yeah. It's it, it's been announced. What, what what do you make of it? And what, and what do you make of the chances for the for the men's team? There's a lot of unfamiliar names. Yeah. On this on this list, the men's team anyway. Yeah, men's right? team. Yeah. The men's team. Obviously, there's been a bit of a shakeup in who's running the under twenty two, um, and they've brought in a lot. They've they've adopted an approach similar to the the senior team yeah. in that they've they've scouted across the world and they've brought in a lot of foreign talents mm-hmm. into the squad. Unfortunately, that has come at the expense of a lot of the players who were almost shoo-ins to be in this under-22 side. You yeah. know, UAAP standouts who have been uh, placed on the reserve list or completely out of the squad yeah. completely. In terms of competitiveness of this team, I think it'll be better. I've seen them perform at the Copa um, group stages. Um, obviously not polished. They didn't get out of their group. Yeah. Uh, defensively, I think they were a little bit lacking, which... But they've obviously got the reinforcements now, haven't they? Because Amani Aguinaldo has come in and announced that he's going to be as one of the overage players. So I think that's going to be huge. Yeah. Marco Casambri next to him, I think is a a fantastic pickup. Um, Has played abroad this year. Uh, I always thought Marco was a a a very good defender. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you have Justin Bass, who's been playing for the national team, and we've seen him. Um, He's a proper player. I think defensively just right there you have quite uh, a difficult yeah. proposition for other teams to work with and then you have Stefan Schrock which I think all the teams that are involved in our group would have been pretty psyched yeah. I mean not that you know it makes it difficult to beat the Philippines but man you're going to be able to mix it up with Stefan Schrock yeah, yeah, you yeah. know all 11 ASEAN team or Asian team I don't know if is it is it Asia? ASEAN, ASEAN ASEAN so ASEAN, yeah. that's uh, a fantastic opportunity for everyone involved yeah. um what do you make of the group? I mean, it's Philippines, Malaysia, Myanmar, Cambodia, and then East Timor. I mean, it's probably not as tough as the other group. And I looked at the Thailand's That's tough. squad, and they've got some. They've Thailand, got a lot of big hitters. Vietnam have got Vietnam, a lot of their national team players in there. Singapore yeah. are in that group. Indonesia. The top two qualify. Yeah. So, I mean, what what, what do you feel chances are for for that I, particular I think, bracket? I think we're gonna perform well. Sneak in. Sneak, yeah. or sneak out, should we say? Sneak, sneak out, out of the group. group. I think we could sneak out of the group yeah. uh, in this one, at least a semifinal. I think if they get they get a medal this year, that would be fantastic. That would be a, a huge leap yeah. for, for, for our team. That's an ambitious aim. Uh, yeah. I think. Yeah. Even if just a bronze, I don't know. I don't know. It's going to be tough. I mean, we're looking at the other group. I mean, Thailand... And Vietnam are probably going to be the favourites to qualify out of that group. I mean, um, it's very hard to predict with how your national team's performing versus the 23s. But the 23s from Vietnam are going to be pretty similar to their national team, I'd imagine. Because they've got a lot of youthful players in that that national team squad. Thailand, I mean, the names are there. You know, some some names that I've I've seen them play. And there's a lot of their their national team players that are in that squad. So you'd assume that they're going to be decent. Um, Malaysia are on an upward curve yes for sure i think yes. they're a sleeper they, they could be one i think you could challenge and then you know myanmar have had some decent results at national team level we we're talking again before we came on the show they had the tajikistan yeah. win recently um cambodia probably had an influx of um with, with um honda coming in I, I don't know if you've seen some of the clips that he's got them playing great football although mm. the results haven't been great i think they're playing great really really good football so i'm interested to see if that translates to how they under 23s before um, but I mean you'd like to think they qualify out the group would yep. you not and then it's a then it's a case of right you're going to go up against you, you've got to feel like Thailand and Vietnam are going to qualify and then it's potentially us yeah and tough. I'm thinking Malaysia and Myanmar yeah. those are the those yeah, are the, so, yeah. the teams that we have to worry about yeah we can sneak in there 
and then it'll be you know a roll of the dice at that point yeah okay i think i think it's a it's a very good additions for the overage players i would say you know you have somebody who could you know uh unlock a game from nothing who's the goalkeeper by the way sorry um they have michael asso and they have and P- is it Pintus as well? The, yeah, the Swiss, yeah, yeah. Swiss guy, right. guy from from Switzerland. Switzerland yeah. The guy from Ateneo, Arcelia, was placed on the reserve list. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. alongside okay. like JB Borlonga, yeah, I believe, yeah, and yeah. a whole bunch of the other guys. Yeah. So okay. I hope I hope they're you know constantly involved in the camp and at least you know assimilating. Get a benefit, yeah, yeah. Get a benefit of that experience, especially from the likes of Shrocky and Obviously, Milani. rather disappointed that they're not going to be able to 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 run out yeah. as as much as they would have hoped, but. Um, yeah, it'd be a great experience for them. I think our women's team has. A, yeah, that's a what I was going to say. I mean, yeah. that that seems as though. I mean, obviously six six teams. Yeah, yeah. In yeah. the competition, top two qualify. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you've got to feel like they're in the in the mix. I mean, you, we were talking earlier about the preparation for them has been pretty good. Yeah. I mean, there's some established names in that in that group that have mm-hmm. played for a period of time. Yeah. They've been together for a period of time. I mean, it would seem as though. This is a, this is the shot really where they they've got a great opportunity of taking home a medal. I think it's it's it for football fans. This is one where you really got to keep a close eye on it yeah. because it's two different approaches from these two national teams. You know, there's this one that's kind of hastily been put together with, I'm sure, are, are real quality players right. who have been sourced out from abroad, and we're gonna slot them into this this setup and we're gonna see if they can perform. Mm. That's one approach. The second approach is this team has performed, almost qualified for the Asian Cup. Um, we're not too far away from the World Cup, actually. Mm. And then um, performed at the AFF competition and they've stayed intact together. Yeah. Uh, Let Dimzon has been heading the squad and they went out to camp not too long ago in Tokyo, yeah. whittled down the squad to their absolute best and they know each other. You know, this is a squad that is, in terms of chemistry, you would not be able to uh, question. Mm. So we will see what longevity and you know proper preparation will do for this yeah. group of players which is still mostly homegrown um their their talents are they've yeah. they've, they've put in a sprinkling of Philip, filipino foreigners who've uh, who've actually migrated over to the philippines yeah there's a lot they've yeah. actually moved here haven't they yeah yeah who, who in order to be a part of this setup so uh, I'm very excited. I mean, I've seen some of the quality of the the play that they're able to produce, and it's it's good stuff. Yeah, you know, um, a lot of confidence in this side. And then what's the deal with like? I've seen there's there's been a few again online rants and outbursts regarding the tickets and stuff. I think the fixtures have been announced. Mm. I mean, do we anticipate there's going to be a big crowd for these events? I know you were saying again, Rizal is still. Under construction, <laughs> potentially. Yeah. We, we, I mean, there's been limited information that's come out regarding it. So, I mean, for me, on, it defeats the purpose of hosting an event if you're not going to have home advantage. Yeah. So, it's here. It's in Manila. Like, what? What? What's the deal? Because we we want people to go out. And we want people to watch this. Surely. Right. A hundred percent. I mean, how long has it been since it was announced that the Philippines would be yeah. um, hosting the, this these games? Yeah. It's been a long time. Yeah. Where do we get the tickets? I don't know. You don't know? Okay. I don't know. Because is Rizal going to be finished in time? That's the big question mark, you know? Well, I mean, okay. the last time that I, I had individuals see it was the roof was still being stripped and it was still being put back on. Okay. There's no excuse. I think this was... These SEA Games have been perfect in, in highlighting the fact <laughs> that this is a national yeah. situation. It's right. not a football problem. Right. It's not just a basketball thing. This is a national situation where the sports are being um, led by individuals who are rather, how should you say, like 
the prestige of the Philippines and our performance is not their number one priority. Mm. You know what I mean? So what is? Uh, whatever you can pick off, what benefits monetarily, what benefits personally to them, I believe yeah, okay. is what's being you know prioritized. I mean, that sounds like entitlement to me. It's 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 really unfortunate, man, because you get the same excuses. We don't have a budget. We don't. <laughs> things are not being released in time or whatever. It's like, dude. It's, what about it, that guy who was it the? I think he's in athletics. Was it is it javelin, who paid for his own training and then was cut karate. Was it? Was it? Oh, was it? Was it yeah. karate? Yeah. Sorry. He had been performing. All, he had been competing all around the world with the Philippines. Yeah. Paid for his own way, right? Yeah. And apparently, that he would he had developed a bit of static with a previous um, head of the association. Because. Whatever. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't. I don't recall, but uh, he was being singled out all the time. Every time that they didn't medal, he was the only guy being singled out. And he's saying, yeah. "We've gotten two bronzes over the course of how many, how many years? Yeah. I'm the only guy that's being singled out here." Right. Yeah. And uh, he eventually get wound up getting cut from the team, even though he had been supporting himself and had a sponsor on his own that he brought to himself mm-hmm. so that he could continue to train. Right. And he just gets cut okay. like that, you know? Yeah. There's a lot of these stories. Is there? Yeah, it's, it's, I'm guessing maybe that's the one that's been highlighted, but I'm sure that there's... Yeah. This is one of many. Dozens. Yeah, yeah, okay. You know, we've got a, a weightlifting Olympic medalist who is complaining about not getting support. I saw, I saw that. You know what I mean? Unbelievable. That's unbelievable. How is she not getting sponsorship, by the way? And she's training in the Rizal Memorial in like rusty, uh, you know... Uh, bars and yeah. it's 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 a shame man it's, yeah. it really is um something that i think it takes something like this however before everybody gets on board and like okay whatever excuses you guys are throwing our way yeah it's not good enough okay yeah but, but that being said we still got, got to get behind the teams haven't we that's and the thing so we don't know where to buy tickets yeah. we don't know if the stadium's going to be ready in time <laughs> but whatever happens when it's announced and when, when it's available we need to get behind the teams and hopefully they, they perform well all I know is 50 pesos at Binyan. The women are going to play there. The women, is it? Yeah, the women's uh, game is going to be played there. So 50 pesos, the, yeah, that's you, reasonable. You can go there, 100% show your love and support for these athletes yep. who have nothing to do with all the politics that are being involved in, in, in the preparation yep. and where the funds are going. They're going to put on the shirt and they're going to play their hearts out and they deserve people to be there. That's brilliant. 100%. Okay. So yeah. That's great. 2019 has been a busy one. That's it. I, I mean, I don't really know where else we can go with that. I think we've 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 covered everything and more. Yeah. Um, I've enjoyed that. Yeah. I've enjoyed going through that. Um, like I said, it's nice to revisit some of these things and perhaps had a different perspective on on because obviously when you're in the mix of it, like things like Asian Cup, mm. you, you don't really see it from different angles. So to you know have to see the results, see how the team performed, but then take a look at some of the reasons as to why it wasn't as well received or why mm. it wasn't as you know perhaps as popular as it should have been i think that was interesting so i, I hope the the listeners engage in it and enjoy it and have their perspective but as always please with the content and with the, the, the topics that we've discussed if you have comments if you want to You've received some some hate mail uh, online. <laughs> which this, is this, good, right? Which I mean, we, we, we don't love it, but it's <laughs> nice that you're engaging. So yeah, please you comment on our, on our YouTube, comment on our Facebook, um, any of our social media platforms, feel free to, to drop us a message. We, we do read all of, the, all of the comments, even the bad ones about you. Yeah. Mostly nice ones about me. <laughs> at the moment so I don't know what's going on we don't please. know what's going on do you but, but, but please you know we're glad that you're enjoying the content we're glad that you're um, you know being engaged and um, 
it, it, and we're glad that it's provoking these types of responses, even if they sometimes are a little bit off the mark. Brilliant. But uh, no, great to have you on the show. As as per usual, like I said, regular fixture now. Yeah. So I'm hoping that, uh, yeah, we can continue making uh, the, the this content. And um, please, please, yeah, as I said, subscribe to our, our YouTube channel, like us on Facebook, and then download our episodes on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. But thank you, pal. All right. Good to see you again. You Do too. Again soon. If you uh, want to hear more content, um, please subscribe to our YouTube channel like us on Facebook and additionally you can download this episode on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify.